Welcome to this week's edition of I Have the Swarm, brought to you by our friends at the Catholic Charities Bureau. We're happy to have our engineer, Elliot Swery, back in the studio with us, along with Elliot and the Big Sound, Matt Johnson. I'm John Garver, and let's jump right into the deep end of the pool, Matt. Busy week last week. Really, is, uh, really busy now, week. Now we're up to, quick math, seven teams yeah. that are competing in season with the softball team playing a few yeah, this weekend. Yeah, I got seven pages of notes here or something Whew. like that, like five or six or seven. I don't know. I lost count of them all, but I was stacking them all together because literally everybody now is getting into their season so yeah so normally uh, we'd reserve this spot for some anecdotal fun but other than the fact that it was a really brisk walk over here i don't have <laughs> anything to add um the wind hit me full on although i was thinking yesterday before we jump into this real quickly i talked with uh, hal mulhern coach hal everybody's favorite uh, grandpa on the women's basketball coaching staff and i said to him i said you know what i've noticed this year i didn't have as many cold walks into the gym usually i like count them how many cold walks I have to various gyms that I broadcast from this year? I had almost none this year. Now all of a sudden it's hit me at the end of the year, but that's okay because I I I didn't fill my quota this year. Well, and you know the ends in sight. Yes, exactly. You know your season yeah. is winding down. You're in mid to late February now. You right. only you have a finite number of weeks that this stuff is going to happen, and a finite number of weeks left in winter, thanks to our friend Phil over in Pennsylvania. So, you know, we, we know <laughs> right, that yeah, exactly. things are winding down. You you may get through it relatively unscathed this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually kind of knock on wood, uh, hoping that I won't freeze this year. I But between, uh, yeah, all the games that I do, between the two campuses, both UMD and UW-Spear, I've had very few really cold moments where I said, geez, i got to get into the gym. You're going to make up for it calling baseball and softball in the oh, spring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be fun. Because you get usually one day a year. Well, and then there, it's really nice for the nice baseball thing there and is, softball. The bad thing there is that there's no going inside. The, the problem is, is that in this case, so you're getting hit by you know 30, 35 below wind chills like we've yeah. had like today, and there's the there's the you know light at the end of the tunnel that you're going into a warm building, and you're going to be in there for a while. Baseball and softball, you don't get that. So. That's why it's just more grueling with baseball and softball. But anyway. Anyway. Yeah, we'll jump right into this because uh, there's plenty to get to. Well, speaking of softball, let's go there. Okay, softball. Yeah, they opened up their season. The Finlandia Dome Classic up in Marquette, Michigan. Yeah, of all places. How far away is that actually from Finlandia's campus? Quite a ways. I think it's like an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. Two hours okay. apart. Yeah. I tried to watch the games online a little bit, but it's tough because the stream is... It's it's at an angle and it shows one field and one there's two field, fields there's going. There's two fields going and it's and it's, we were playing on the far one when I was watching. It's kind of a dark dome too, so it's well, it's a football stadium. Yeah, so it's a it's weird because it's on an angle and you got this huge grandstand in the background. Yep, so it's a little bit weird to watch it, but yeah, they opened up their season at the Finlandia Dome Classic as Mr. Garber just mentioned, playing two games each on Saturday and Sunday. They opened up the season with an eight nothing win against Northland College, and then uh, uh, lost the nightcap of that first. Day of the season to Stevens Point seven to five before um, defeating Finlandia, the hosts nine to one. Both those wins, by the way, were run rule wins, and then fell to Concordia, Wisconsin, in run rule fashion. So three of the four games were run rules. Um, in that game against Northland, by the way, on Friday, UWS scored once in the first six times, in the second, once in the third. And after that, it was pretty straightforward. Amanda Kishis got the win. She did a little bit of everything in that game. She did. She picked up the win in the circle, five innings pitch, one hit, zero walks, eight strikeouts, and then she went two for three with a double and two runs scored at the plate. So she did a little bit of everything. Tiffany Kirk went two for three. She had a double and three RBIs while Kayla Kramer went two for three. Then in the game against Stevens Point, Jackets made a late run at it. They were down seven to two going into the seventh inning and scored three times to make it close, but the Pointers unfortunately held on the rest of the way. UWS scored twice in the second. 
going on to those three runs in the seventh. Bailey Kinnan had three hits. She went three for four. Elena Tulip, two for four. One run scored. Olivia Bancroft Hart had two hits, two RBIs. She was two for three. And Ashley Teipola took the loss in the circle for the Jackets, pitching five innings. She gave up eight hits, seven runs. Only three of them were earned. One walk in seven strikeouts. Against Finlandia the next day, on Sunday, UWS scored three times in the first and third innings, once in the fourth and twice in the sixth. Ashley Teipola at the plate this time. Three for four, two RBIs. Tiffany Kirk was two for three. She had two doubles and two runs scored. Elena Tulip went two for four, two runs scored. Bailey Kinnanen two for three with an RBI. And Amanda Kishis, again, pitching very well. Gave just one earned run, three hits, six innings pitch, no walks, four strikeouts. So zero walks in her first two starts, pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. 12 Ks and 11 innings pitched, a couple wins. Yep, Not exactly. too shabby. And Ashley Teipola, unfortunately, took the loss against Concordia, Wisconsin. Four and one-third innings pitched, eight hits, eight runs, five of which were earned, walk four and struck out three. Uh, Kirk Tulip and Kishish were all named to the Dome Classic All-Tournament team, which was announced this morning, I think. Yes, it was. Okay. Yes, it was. And Kishish, by the way, picked up another honor. She was named UMAC Softball Pitcher of the Week. So the opening week of the season, she gets Pitcher of the Week. So congratulations to her. Well done. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? Not bad. Not a bad way to start. No, not a bad way to start. Not a bad way to start at all. Go men's and women's tennis. While we're at it here. Okay. Women's tennis picked up their first win of the season. First uh, victory in the head coaching career of C.J. Schaffner. So congratulations, C.J. Yellow Jacket women defeating Concordia Moorhead 5-4 to four on Sunday. That was a doubleheader with the men. We'll talk more about their match in a second. Maya Callaway and Katana Honkala uh, got it going for the Yellow Jackets defeating Raquel Age and Jenna Forknell, 8-6 at number one doubles. Allison Tullis and Brianna Weenan defeated Abby Westrom and Emily Savageo, 8-1 at number three doubles. And then in singles, Emily Wald at the number three single spot defeated Carolyn Voss, 7-5-6-2. Honkala then defeated... Taylor Partington, 4-6-6-3-10-8 at number four singles, while Brianna Weenan defeated her opponent at number five singles, 6-3-6-4. Honkla was named UMAC T- Women's Tennis Player of the Week for the first time in her career. So congratulations to her. She's off to a nice start this year. Yeah, she is. She She's, really is. Speaking of off to a nice start, Michael Jane's on the men's side. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rookie can play a little bit. The rookie bit. can play a little bit. I looked at his bio. Uh, wow. He's got a very impressive background. Yes. So it's not a surprise that he's doing what he's doing. But right. anyway, we'll jump into the men. Unfortunately, they fell 5-4, to four, but Jane's had a big day, to say the least. Against Concordia Moorhead in that 5-4 loss, they did win the Yellow Jackets, their number two doubles match. Jane's was one of the two players in that match. Lorenzo Silva was the other. They defeated Carter Steffes and David Young's 8-6. to six. Then Grady Houseworth and Gavin Mangan defeated Grant Storm and Eli Simonson 8-6 to six at number three doubles. But then uh, number one uh, singles, James continued to just keep rolling right along. Beat Eric Porter at number one, six love, six three. So pretty dominating win for him. And then the other Yellow Jacket victory in singles coming at number four, Harry Simpson defeated Carter, Carter Steffes, six one, six one. Both those teams will be playing Iowa Central this week, by the way, in an exhibition. So we'll talk a little bit about that in the in the final segment. But uh, nice for Coach Schaffner to get his first win and. Honkala, Katana Honkala, congratulations to her. And Michael James, like I said, rolling right along in number one singles. It's going to be tough for him to lose, I think. You don't get a lot of freshmen who can play at number one singles, let alone dominate right. at number one singles. Well, I mean, he's a North and Dakota. he's been really good. He's been a, he's qualified for nationals at the, right. in high school at the doubles level. He's also won the North Dakota's individual state title. Yep. So he's a big timer. Yeah. I mean... Coach Schaffner, when we had him on, didn't mention him quite in that way. But when I looked at his bio and I looked at his victories, he's he's the real deal. Yep. Uh, everybody says that he's he's and only a freshman, right? So who knows how far he can go, right? Uh, he's a little bit deceiving in his physical appearance. 
because um, he's only five five. Right. He's a little guy. Diminutive. Yeah. And I actually talked to uh, Mara Halverson, who was one of the captains on the women's team, and she said, I said, what is it about him that makes him so good? She said, he's just really intelligent. She said, he can really serve and he can really move out. She's like, but he, he knows tennis. He knows how to play each point, and it makes him really tough to beat. So congratulations to all of the uh, wins for Michael Jaynes and then women's tennis winning their first match. I mean, so good start, good weekend for those two. Get to men's and women's basketball in a second here, not to bury the lead or anything. <laughs> <laughs> men's basketball now 16-7 and seven overall, 13-1 in the UMAC. They're tied for first in the conference with Northwestern, as they have been for about the last, what, three weeks? Two, yeah, three it's weeks. been a while. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. We've won six in a row now, which I didn't, I wasn't really paying close attention to it, but yeah, six in a row now. For Coach Polkowski and company, they defeated St. Scholastica in the second bridge battle of 2019-20 at Rife Gym, 77-63 last Wednesday. That was a game yours truly here uh, had on the air. Jackets played really well that night. Uh, led it only by one at the half, 32-31, before I was going the Saints, 45-32 to after the break. Jackets shot 50.9% for the game, while the Saints made 41.1%. UWS swept the season series from St. Scholastica for the first time since 2014-15, so it had been a while since the Jackets have piled up a pair of wins against the Saints. Alan Anderson, who had an incredible week, and not just because of the points that he scored, I'll tell you why in a minute. He, he put together a week that I've never seen before, and I'll explain why, especially for a point guard. 21 points, he was 7 for 10 from the field, 7 for 8 from the free throw line, four steals and one turnover in the ball game. That turnover number is going to become important in a minute here. Okay. Eli Vogel had 21 points. He was 7 out of 11, 6 for 8 from the stripe. Vid Malinkovic, who was on a thousand point watch, as we talked about last podcast, chipped 13 away from that total that he needed. He needed 39 going in the week. He chipped 13 off of it in that game against St. Scholastica. He also had nine rebounds, five out of 13 shooting in that contest. And then Vid Malinkovic was the lead story in the game against Martin Luther, which was the second game that 83 to 59 win over the Knights. Jackets led basically from start to finish. Um, up 40 to 27 at the break before outscoring the Knights 43 to 32 in the second half. Jackets made 47% of their shots for the game while the Knights actually shot better than Jackets at 50.9%, but they had seven more turnovers on the Yellow Jackets. And UWS also made more from long range. Also, Yellow Jackets were like plus 11 in rebounding. So add all that up, and the Jackets win pretty comfortably despite a nice shooting performance for the Knights. Vid Milinkovic went over with 1,000 points for his career. 27 points. He needed 26 coming in. He now sits at 1,001 career points. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 11 out of 16 from the field. Mac Rechtal had a nice game as well. 16 points, 6 for 13. He was 3 for 5 from beyond the arc. Eli Vogel, 14 points. on 5 for 13 shooting. Alan Anderson, a double-double. 11 points, 10 assists, 1 turnover. So for the week, in 70 minutes of basketball, because I counted it up, he had 1 turnover as a point card. <laughs> Almost two full games with 1 turnover. <laughs> That's ten assists, no turnovers. In that he, game. he takes care of the ball. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, like, like you want your quarterback to do. Right, he takes yeah, care of the ball. Exactly. I mean, but that is incredibly rare in college basketball. I don't know if people understand how rare that is for a point guard that plays that much, right. handles the ball that much, and starts the offense. I mean, he played seventy out of eighty minutes. Yeah, he played seventy out of eighty minutes and had one turnover for the week. So that is that's crazy to me. That he played, yeah, one turnover in 70 minutes of game action. And I know that's something that a lot of people won't recognize because they're, you know, talking about V and all that kind of stuff. Right. Allen had an incredible week for a point guard. I mean, those numbers are off the charts good. Mason Ackley, by the way, also 10 points in that game. 
So the Yellow Jackets continue to roll right along. Women's basketball, 16-7 and seven overall, 12-2 and two in the UMAC. They're also tied for first place with Bethany Lutheran going for their sixth straight conference victory in the regular season as far as winning the conference. They've won their last three. They defeated St. Glasgow as well on Wednesday, 73-54 to 54 in Bridge Battle number 2 before defeating Martin Luther 81-43 to 43, both at the Mertz excuse me, on Saturday in that game against St. Glasgow Jackets. Jumped out early. Never really challenged in the ball game. St. Glasgow came in within 9 at the end of 3, but Jackets then scored the next 14 and pretty much just pulled away to win it relatively easily. 1988, after one, they led 38-23 at the break and 51-482 heading to the fourth. Jackets shot 40% for the game while the Saints made 38.5%. It was the th- 15th straight win for the Yellow Jackets over Saints Class dating all the way back to January 2nd of 2011. Wow. So <laughs> going on a full decade now. It's not quite like the, uh, <laughs> the men's hockey streak. No, but it's pretty darn good. That went for... Uh, from 1992 to 2007, I think it was. 15 years, yeah. Yeah, 15 years and I think 58 games. Was it that much? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. So, yeah, it was it was extensive. Yeah. And basketball, to get the 15 in a row is quite impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, so 15 straight. Even Reinertsen, career high, 28 points, 12 rebounds, 12 for 18 shooting, and 6 for 6 from the stripe. Perfect for her, too, because she's a Duluth native. Right. You know, and so it meant a little bit. Those games mean more to her. She'll be pretty honest about that. And having grown up in Duluth and right. seeing a lot of the girls that play for St. Glasgow around when she was growing up, it means a lot more to her. And uh, she played really well. The team played really well. Emily Carpenter, 16 points as well. And then that game against Martin Luther, pretty much workmanlike for the Jackets in that game. Led it only 11-10 to 10 after one, but then exploded in the second to lead 40-19 to 19 at the break and 53-32 to 32 after three. Jackets shot 44.3%. Well, the Knights, chilly, 26.9%. Ooh. Shooting for the game. UWS is now undefeated at all time against Martin Luther, 11-0. That's rough. Yeah. Was, uh, there were a lot of missed shots in yeah. there. Eva Reinertsen, another big game, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 10 for 15 shooting, and 5 assists. Mr. Ruiz with 14 points. Emily Carpenter also had 10, while Ellie Eastrom also chipped in with 10 points. Men's and women's indoor track and field. Both teams hosted the Yellow Jacket Open at the Lydia Thiering Fieldhouse on Saturday. School record was broken, as was the facility record. We'll get to that in a second here during that particular meet. On the men's side, Brett Goplin won the 60-meter hurdles with a time of 9.46 seconds, and he also won the high jump with a height cleared of 1.7 meters, while Travis G, one of your, one one of your employees, employees yeah. Yep. We call him Squeegee. Squeegee? Yep. His nickname <laughs> is Squeegee. Is that because of the G on the last name, the Travis G? No, it's a long story. We it's won't a long get into story. that today. Okay. Took the 3,000 meters with a time of 9 minutes, 48.88 seconds. C.J. Pellath won the weight throw and shot put. Big surprise. Of distances of 15.5 meters and 18.4. Yeah. <laughs> I always have to like. Stop me if you've heard this Yeah, one. exactly. Where have I heard that before? I feel like I have to always qualify that though. Right. <laughs> Just because that's how it always goes. Women's side, Leanne Torgerson had a big meet, to say the least. Broke the school record and the facility record in 300 meters with a time of 42.10 seconds, breaking the previous facility record run of 42.14 run by UMD's Kristen Hawk back in 2009. So it had been over 10 years that that record had stood, and more than a second better than the previous school record of 43.27 set by Traylon Lewis in 2012. She so, was an athlete. Oh, Lewis? Traylon oh, yeah, was, was an athlete. Yeah, she was, big oh, time. Oh, boy. She, watching her long jump, triple jump. She was really athletic. She was extremely yeah. athletic. Yeah. And, I, I remember she, her. She qualified yeah. for nationals more than once. I mean, she, yep. yeah, she was. that's a, a legit record. So right for there. Torgerson to break that record is pretty good. Yep. Via Prince, by the way, won the 400 meters with a time of one minute, point eight, oh, wait, excuse me, one minute, 8.31 seconds. 
Then Nakahara won the 5,000 meters with a time of 21.28. Yellow Jackets also won the team title in the 4x200 relay with a team time of 153.84, while Cassie Scadabo took the high jump with a height cleared of 1.4 meters. Eddie Carlson, by the way, and Torgerson reached named UMAC Track Athlete of the Week. Carlson actually didn't win his race. He came in third. But he did <laughs> – in that race, he actually set a personal best time. He ran the mile. And th- this number oh, – these numbers always kill me. Four minutes, 26.64 seconds. So he ran the mile in less than four and a half minutes. <laughs> and he I, was the, I have a hard time skating miles that fast. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. no. That's, that's I, a, that's, I can go a little faster than that. But, right, yeah. I mean, it, that's a pretty good clip. It is. It is. And he's actually leading the conference also in the mile this year, so that's why he was named UMAC Track Athlete of the Week. And Torgerson, for obvious reasons, was named UMAC Track Athlete of the Week. Second time Carlson's been named, and I don't know if this is – I think this is the first time for Leanne, isn't it? Is this First time ever. Is it first time ever? Yeah, first oh, career. Okay. So congratulations to her. She's, uh, she's having a big year mm-hmm. in her senior year. So congratulations to all of the above. And then, uh, of course, women's hockey was actually the busiest – team of everybody. They played three games last week. Uh, went 2-1 and one, sweeping UW-Stevens Point in a pair of overtime games. one nothing and 3-2 to two on Friday and Saturday, respectively, at KB Willard Arena in Stevens Point before being shut out by a top-five opponent in Gustavus Adolphus just last night. 3 nothing at Westman Arena in the game against Stevens Point, the first overtime game. Megan Dulong scored the only game or the only goal of the game. Unassisted at 3.57 of overtime, Mackenzie Whalen. More on her in a second. 28 saves to pick up the shutout in goal. And then the 3-2 overtime win. C.C. Hayes opened up the scoring for the Yellow Jackets from Molly Shelton at 16-40. And it was Kaylee Martinson unassisted at 3-21. Shorthanded goal. And then the Jackets getting the game winner. Another shorty from Shelton from Martinson. 152 in the overtime. Mackenzie Whalen again picking up the win in goal. She had 32 stops for the Yellow Jackets. And against Gustavus Adolphus last night, Gustavus' Emily Olsen scored all three of their goals in the win. McKenzie Whalen took the loss for the Yellow Jackets, 39 saves. Despite all that, Whalen was named Wyack Women's Hockey Quick Trip Athlete of the Week for the second time this season. She won the first time. Her first award of the season was back on January 28th. So, And you had that game uh, on the women's side. and it just, Last night. Yeah. Gustavus is just really good. They're, yeah, they're really good. Yeah. They're really good. They're skilled. They're fast. Uh, they're deep. And they delivered a shot to the jaw in the first minute. Yeah, they scored they, twice they, they in scored, the first. They scored 49 seconds into the game and kind of stunned everybody a little bit. And then I, I felt like they delivered the knockout punch when they got their second one, 543 into the first period. Yeah. It, two goals it doesn't seem like much, but Gustavus has nine shutouts on the year now. Right. And have only yeah. given up 24 goals in 23 games. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. Two goals, that's essentially a death sentence. And on top of that, I know that uh, our girls have beaten them 2-1 to one down there right. earlier in the year, so you knew they were going to be yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Looking for a little payback, and they got it. Yeah. Unfortunately for the Jackets, 3-0. Yep. Uh, men's hockey, and we'll close this up quickly, 14-8-3 overall, 7-8 and eight they finished in the WIAC. Good for the number three seed in the WIAC Conference Tournament. They split two games to close out the regular season, defeated UW Stout 3-2 to two on Thursday at the Fanatic Community Center in Menominee while the rest of us were at the beer and wine tasting <laughs> <laughs> before falling to the Blue Devils 1-0 in the regular season finale in the return matchup on Saturday at Westman Arena. I'm sorry I had to drop that in there, Gar, right. but <laughs> it's true, unfortunately. I was just worried, you know, you're, you're enjoying yourselves and I'm freezing. 
<laughs> I saw your uh, tweet about the temperature. And Game there was time temperature. 36.5. Like, Something like that. Yeah, that's what it looked like. You know, in Westman Arena last night, it was 30 degrees warmer. Yeah. Yeah, it's 55 yeah. plus, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. UW scored in each period, one goal each against Stout on Thursday down the Finetti and the Chile Finetti Community Center down in Menominee. Troy York scored two of the L Jackets goals, his first one coming at 9.33, the first period from Liam Blaze and Colton Bates. Then it was York again at 13-14 in the second period from Chad Lopez before Johnny Pace scored what ended up being the game winner from Bruno Berzaitis and Blaze at 14.57 of the third. Nick Althaus, congratulations to him, picking up his first collegiate win, 31 saves in the win. And then in the shutout against UW Stout, the Blue Devils' Logan Nelson scored the game's only goal, 3.41 in the first period. That was it the rest of the night. Nick Althaus took the tough loss, tough luck loss. Stopped 29 out of 30, but still took the loss on that one. Felt bad for him. Yeah. I felt bad for him because he played well. I thought he made some good saves. You know, it's just yeah. you're, you can't win if you don't score a goal. Yeah. yeah. And I thought the guys had plenty of opportunities. I yeah, mean, they, they did. Yeah. You know, they, Especially they really in the did. third. They just they didn't, they didn't play well again. They didn't start well. Yeah. And I'm amazed that that one goal they scored that early in the game held up. That's what I thought, too, to be honest with you. I'm, yeah. I, I thought, well, yeah, we'll get a few. That's what I thought, you know. I did, too, but no. Yeah. Like, just, you could kind of tell as the game was going on when they had a hard time completing passes, you know, they couldn't make a pass, they couldn't catch a pass, how many passes were in guys' skates or were just thrown to nobody, you know, shots missed the net, oh my goodness did we miss the net a lot on, yeah. on Saturday night and it, you know at the end of the day, you can't do that kind of stuff at yeah. this time of year and you know, it came back to bite them. Shots were too low or they were too high. <laughs> we were know. way too high, way too often. Yeah, way too high, way too often, yep. a couple of open nets in there in the third period, the men's basketball team was actually standing on that side of the ice, and they were waiting to explode. Yeah. I was standing down there with them, and they were all just like, come yep. on, come on, come on. We were just waiting for it. Yep. And it just never came. It never happened. Nope. So, you know. Well, sometimes that's how it goes. That's how it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So so that was the week that was. That was the week that was. Yeah. And it was. It was a it week. Was, it was a week, no doubt about that, with all those teams in action. So that's the news that's fit to print. We'll take a break, and we will come back and catch up with the head coach of the L Jacket men's hockey team, Rich McKenna, as his team readies for the first round of the WIAC playoffs. You're listening to I Have the Swarm. Workers Island Inn is now hiring, and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We're hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today. We're back on this week's edition of I Have the Swarm, and we are joined by Yellow Jacket head men's hockey coach Rich McKenna for a little hockey playoff preview. It's it seems like every season just goes by faster and faster. It's hard to believe that we're already talking playoff hockey with you. Yeah, it's kind of been blink of an eye, and next thing you know, we're here. Uh, first half went well, was pretty good, and then uh, went on break, came back. You know, the second half was was decent. Uh, you know, we battled some injuries, some sicknesses, and everything else. And but then the next thing you know, we were in playoffs, and you know the way the WIAC shook out here, it, the tiebreakers meant a ton. To uh, to the conference this year, and everyone kind of either solidified their spot or moved up, or kind of really changed everything. You didn't know. Came down to the last game of the season, and uh, you know now we kind of know the the path we have to take, and you know now it's just pre- preparation and get going. 
I've never been a fan of the bonus point for an overtime loss. I've always felt that that just didn't really have a place. I understand why it's in place in a lot of cases, but... It definitely saved your team this year and got you that number three seed. Got us the number three seed, it, it, you know, and it it kept a lot of teams in the hunt too. I mean, really going into the last weekend of the season, I mean, all four teams or five teams were able to really make a jump, depending on you know what they did, if they won, and who else lost or whatever. Those those extra couple of points every uh, uh, every team had really you know kind of changed the outlook and made it kind of kind of fishy on what was going to happen it's a little bit of a different feeling than a year ago though with your with your club with the way things played out down the stretch because last year you guys were riding real high at this time of year going into that playoff series with Eau Claire this year it's a little bit different because you've kind of been Jekyll and Hyde over the last month yeah we you know we basically in the second half uh we started out really strong second half we 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 went 500 in the second half uh we won as many games as we did last year basically in the second half too but uh you know this year was you know we we took some we took some hits that I you know some games that we we left some points on the table uh but we also you know were able to uh get over the hump on a couple of things and and you know we we didn't we made up some ground late in the season too so we had a little bit of a pushback you know it's uh it's a long season, though. It's only 25 games. It's a long season. Every every game counts, especially in our conference and not having an AQ and everything else. And uh, we were, you know, we we were in first place for a little bit. We never went lower than, than third, so that was good. And, you know, we, we, you know, we set ourselves up here. It's a new season now. That's the biggest thing that we've talked to our guys about. At the end of the day, what you did in in the regular season is basically a really long preseason. Now it's about either ending somebody's season or getting your season ended. So how are you going to protect what we've built so far, the foundation that we've built over the course of 25 games? We found out who we were uh, or who we are, and we found out what works for us, what doesn't work for us, and and you know we're we're getting we're getting healthy, we're getting guys back now, which I think is huge. We had a pretty tough stretch there in the last month between sickness and injuries and uh key injury to one guy and you know and lost the you know lost a couple of key guys for some for a pretty big game uh that I think if you win that game it might change the outlook on a couple of things too so uh at the end of the day those you know their excuses they're the what ifs don't really care about them you know, we got to, right now we got to focus on Northland, get that done, and and start preparation for Eau Claire. Everything did kind of hit you all at once, though. Yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, it was You're cruising along just fine. You get to the middle of January, and then and, injuries and illness, boom, it was yeah, an avalanche. It was, uh, and yeah, and it was, to, it was to everybody pretty much. I would say, I want maybe seven, eight guys, nothing happened to, and, you know, we have 28 on the roster, so that, that goes to show you kind of what we had to deal with, and uh, you know, up until that point, we were fine, and you know that hit, and it hit us pretty good. And you know, it, it t- tests your character. Those are things that you got to look back on, though. I mean, we we have a young team. Uh, you know, we're pretty much freshmen and sophomores, and you know, we had to battle through it. And you know, they, you know, they, we kept the pace. You know, we finished. You know, we had a pretty good home record. We were we were five hundred on the on the road, and. You know, we just gotta we gotta take care of business here now, and if we could go 
2-0 and at home and 3-0 and on the road, we'll be all right. You're raising a banner then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the plan, right? How yeah. much did the injury to Oscar have to do with all this? Because he was kind of the first domino to fall. You were in that, that area where you're clipping along just fine to start the second half. Oscar goes down, and it just seemed like it was one after another every game. It was somebody else getting hurt or somebody else who can't play because they were sick. Yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, listen, you, it, it's kind of cliche, right? But you want to build from the net out. And, you know, Alti and Miles did a great job keeping us afloat. Uh, Oscar's a really good goalie. And, you know, I think he he brings a calming presence to the five guys that are playing in front of him, shift to shift, because you know you have this guy back there that can make that save that maybe certain goalies don't make. And, you know, it kind of... He could bail you out, you know, but, you know, he's an important and very important piece to our team. But, I, you know, I, there were some saves that Alti and uh, that Miles made that probably shouldn't have shouldn't have been saved either, right? So I think we – it was nice to see we were able – you know, we were able to play three goalies this year and be able to get, get some guys some uh, – you know, at the end of the day, Miles has the most minutes played and most games played and – and, uh, you know, Alti came in, and, you know, when he got his chance, he had some pretty tough matchups, but he did, pre- in my opinion, he did really well. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it got them some experience. They get to see, you know, Oscar's uh, Oscar's coming back, so we're, we're happy about that. And, uh, you know, and we have him for another year, so we're, we're still uh, in a, I think we're in a really good spot. I know the guys are really, really confident in Oscar, and that was kind of like you said, the start um, of kind of a bunch of dominoes falling that ended up kind of costing you guys some of that momentum that you had in the first half of the year. Um, you know, and I talked to Colton Bates actually yesterday at the women's hockey game against Gustavus, kind of going over things a little bit, and, you know, he talked about the fact that, you know, we really haven't had too many really, really poor outings this year. We've been more consistent. Our energy, for the most part, has been really good in games this year. He's like, but... At a certain point, he's like, when you have a bunch of things that go against you, it's hard to keep the focus, you know, and keep thinking positively. That's one of those things that he kind of talked about a little bit, and I think some of the, some of the guys may be sharing that. I'm not sure if you've gotten that sense or not, but Colton was kind of just like, you know, we just, he's like, we gave up some really goofy goals at the end of the year as well. We had some guys that got sick and injured, and, you know, he just, we, we, we got some things going our way. He's like, but we also need to improve our play, and we recognize that. He's like, so... It's hard, he's like, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's up to us to just kind of keep our heads where we need to keep them and take a shift by shift approach, and that yeah. you start thinking along the lines of when some kind of adversity hits during a game, like early in the first period, if we give up a goal, we can't just hang our heads and be like, well, that's it. Yeah, you know, no. that's that's kind of thing that he was kind of that we were kind of talked about, and I was thinking that maybe you had you probably felt the same way at a certain point. Well, I, I just think, you know, the, there's things you can't control and there's things you can't control. You can't control if a guy gets sick. You can't control if a guy gets hurt. So you can't you can't worry about that. You can control and manage uh, how you approach the game as an individual, and you can control and manage how your line or D-pair or goalie approaches the game. Uh, you know, it's also a learning experience. Like, you know, in the first half, we really didn't have any adversity. We started fast, scoring t- two to I don't know two to three goals in the first period it was kind of like just keep rolling four lines and you know game was over through you know two-thirds of the way through the game the game was over there was there was nobody was coming back you know you still have Oscar in the pipe in between the pipes then it's like all right like just you know you really have to make a grave mistake to 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 lose this one so you play with no pressure when you don't play with pressure you're not learning 
The only thing we learned in the first half was how to start. In the second half, we we learned 60 minutes of effort. We learned that it takes a, an entire team to win a game. You know, and those are all the experiences that these guys have gone through. Uh, you know, and listen, sometimes, you know, you, you, you look back and you can say, like, this happened or that happened or whatever, but at the end of the day, their excuses. It's over. You got to get over it. Uh, you got to move on. And, you know, and it's, it's you know, a, a season in college athletics is a mental mental warfare. It, and that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, though our guys are are 21 when they come in or whatever, like they, you know, they're a little bit different than the typical 18-year-old that's coming in for the other sports, right? So it's, I mean, hats off to those those coaches too on how to, like, I mean, there's there's two to three years of different life experiences that really happen between 18 and 20, 18 and 21 that I get compared to what the younger, younger uh, kids bring to their teams for their coaches to have to handle. So again, it's, you know, their excuses, we, I think we learned something. We have to, you know, we have to hit the reset button here because at the at the end of the day, you know, a regular a regular season title is good. Would we want one? Absolutely. I'd rather a playoff one. That's where you make, you know, that's where you make, that's where you, that's where you build to a foundation of your program is in playoffs. Regular seasons are great, but you can still win something by not winning a regular season. So we just got to, you know, regular seasons to build consistency. And that's really all it comes down to for us. And in the WIAC, too, I mean, the the conference champion is the team that wins the playoff. The regular season champion isn't really a champion at all. All it ensures is you're the number one seed, and everybody has to go into your building if they're going to win anything. The actual conference champion is who comes in the playoff. Yeah. And that's that's what we want because now – to win in playoffs, that's your your you're beating you're beating other teams. You're you're ending you're ending other team seasons. So it's a it's a whole mental mental thing that you can build on going into the next year. Like winning playoffs, you know that's you know that's when everybody's fighting for to keep their season going. It means more. It mean, like you can build that. That's the step in the foundation that we need to put. You know, we've had some successes in playoffs here. We've made it to the to the semifinals of our conference multiple times. But you know, we want to get to that championship game. We that's our next step that we want to take. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, we talk about we you know we preach you know the precious present and and consistency. None of that happens unless we focus. We make today's practice our best practice of the year. We make tomorrow's practice the best practice of the year. We show up, we win Friday, we regroup Saturday morning, we win Saturday. Only then can you rest on Sunday, turn the brain off for a little bit, but then Monday's got to be the best practice of the season as you start to go move forward. So it's a day-by-day approach. You know, it's, you know, we just got to, we just got to focus on the now focus on the present and I think we'll be all right. Here's a quick question. You brought up the uh, you know the playoffs being where you kind of make your hay, you know, in terms of what you've done for the season. You can kind of look back on the on the, if you have a good postseason run and say, yeah, we had a pretty good run. 
How much does it help the fact that these guys, this core of guys, did have that nice run in the postseason last year, going into this year? Does that does that help them understand what it takes? Well, yeah, think? I, okay. I think you know you you reflect you you ha- you have to have reflection. You look back. I think the one thing that this team can do, uh, you know, I look at our, you know, I look at our sophomores. They they they've they've been through it. You know, uh, going back to the second half of last year to this year, and you know they're. They're doing pretty well. Freshmen have a chance to, you know, right now they're, you know, they're a quarter of their way through their college career and they're over 500, right? So, like, there, there's things like, you know, they we've proven that we can beat teams. We've proven that we can score goals. We've proven that we can defend. We've we've proven that we can that we can win tight games or we could, you know, open up the, you know, open up the floodgates and really pump some, some goals in there. So, we... We just have to look back and kind of go through that and say, okay, we are a good team. Why wouldn't it be? Why won't it be us? And when you ask that question, the only answer is it would be because of us. So you, like, if we don't get in our own way, we'll be just fine is the way I look at it. And, you know, you got to, like you said, you got to reflect. You you have some experiences, you know, because our – our juniors and seniors were in the were in that lineup last year too, going into playoffs. And you know this year, uh, you know we we had a good year, you know, and yep. and it's something to be proud of. And maybe it didn't end the way we wanted it, or we you know we felt we left a couple. Well, then that's motivation. That can't be that can't be something you look back and look back as a negative. You got to turn that negative into a positive, and that's called motivation. Right the wrongs. I agree. I mean, that, that it's something of a cliche in sports to say that the postseason is the second season. I mean, people talk about it all the time. But teams do refocus, and they do somewhat forget about what happened during the regular season. And, um, you know, I, in, and I think in you guys' case, it would be – overlooking your team would be a mistake for anybody because of the amount of talent you have, the depth that you have. We've seen how well you guys play. Um and but it's really I, I would tend to agree, you know, and I'm on the basketball side of things. If you talk to, you know, Zach with the women's basketball team or Greg going in the playoffs, they're gonna tell you the same thing. It's about what we're doing. If yeah. the other you know, I mean we have to take care of our end of things. If we don't do that, what the other team is doing really doesn't matter that much because we're letting ourselves down. If yeah, we're you not have ready to have to your go, game going. Yeah, you have to we have we have to be doing what we do in order to even start thinking about what they're doing. So if we're not taking care of things in practice every day or getting you know, guys healthy or getting the lineup right or how we're going to play, it isn't going to matter because we're, we're not going to go anywhere anyway. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's somewhat cliche, but it's also very much the truth. There's a lot of – I mean, cliches are cliches, but there's an element of truth to them as well. And Well, you once, know, you're, once you're in playoffs, it's anybody's game. Like it doesn't – like once you're in playoffs, you, you, you battle all year to get in the playoffs, and then once you're in – if you take care of your business, you continue to play. And as it, they, as teams that don't take care of their business drop off, it gets tougher and tougher. But you can't, you know, there's a reason why the NHL guys don't touch the President's Trophy and stuff like that. It doesn't matter. Like, regular season's great, but you don't you get to win something uh, in playoffs. Yeah. And we, you know, and that's what we want to do. And, uh, but... You can't. You don't go straight to the championship game. There's a there's a lot of games in between and a lot of days in between that you have to win. 
So you have to win every day now at this point. Now, now basically every cliche thing you've said throughout the year, starting in September in that first meeting to right to today to tomorrow, uh, gets put into action. You know, and and that's you know you gotta you gotta tighten up your game, and you know you gotta simplify a little bit too. Don't overthink it. You know, and you gotta. You know, you got to do the little things. Now it's the details. You know the structure. We've played the structure all year. You know, you know our identity. But now it's the game inside the game. What really makes that I that the structure work? What really makes the identity show in our game? Like when teams watch us, are they like? I don't think there is much worry. I, we don't want them to worry about our one two two or two one two four check or neutral zone D. We like the everyone plays the same type of structure. Who does it better? Yeah. You know, we want them to be like they back check hard. So when that that means they're probably not gonna go off the rush as much. They're changing their game because they don't want to get puck stripped. They transition very fast. They go fast. They're a fast team. Well, that makes them have to think like, well, you're making teams have to think offense to defense, defense to offense, and we want to outthink them in that second, you know. And then you want them to be like, okay, they're going to shoot the puck, they're, so now they're going to be puck focused, right? And then next thing you know, you don't shoot the puck, you move it to the open guy, and then bang, you have a, you have a goal. Make team like we want we want our identity to shine, not not necessarily our structure to sh- to shine. That was something that Colton actually brought up is the fact that you and the staff have basically emphasized keep things simple. Don't overthink it. Play yep. the game, shift to shift, just 20 minutes first period, 20 minutes second period, 20 minutes third period. We're just going to keep it simple. Everybody just does their job, concentrate on what you need to do to be successful, stick to the fundamentals, and we'll be fine. Yeah, and That's basically what he told me almost word for word yesterday. And, you things. know, like we have our game goals that we want. But the game goals are basically a culmination of 60 minutes, right? Like, we have it broken down now. Is like, this is what the first period needs to look like. This is what the second period now needs to look like. Let's just break it down. So let's not, let's not think to the third. Let's just think to the first five minutes of the first. Let's win the first five minutes of the first. Now let's break it down to, to the next. And, you know, you, you, when you start to do that, it's a lot easier to focus for five minutes than to focus for 60. And, you know, we kind of... You know, we talk about that, and you know, I, I think the guys know, they, 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 they get it. They, they say like, you know, you're, you're not in our room, and they're saying the right things, right? But then, you know, the hardest part is applying it, and that's that's where it comes down to that mental warfare I'm talking about. Do you want to? You, you got to show up now. Now, now. Top players have to show up. Your bottom players have to elevate their game. Everyone has to be in it together. You have to work connected. Everyone has to play off of each other. And, you know, we want to travel in packs. And, and I think if we do that on the ice, we're a pretty tough team to beat. But the way the playoff is structured in the WIAC now, with the sixth team coming in, one and two get the bye, three plays six, four plays five. So you're in the same slot you were last year, but you had this week off to prep for Eau Claire the following week. And this weekend, or this year, you have to play. As a coach, what do you prefer? Do you like having that week off? Does it matter? Would you rather be playing? Does it? Are we overthinking it when we talk I, about something like that? I think <clears throat> it depends on what's going on with your with your season at the point where if you get the break or don't get the break. Right now, I think we need the games. Last year, it was probably good that we didn't. Uh, you know, do I think we need the games? Yes. Could we maybe use a weekend off to get a little bit more healthy? 
it might not have been a bad thing. Uh, it's, I think it just depends upon how you, how I, we have a young team. I think it's good that we get more games personally, you know, and maybe when this freshman and sophomore class or, you know, juniors and seniors, maybe it might be good for that extra day. Cause hopefully we've played a lot of hockey within that time. Uh, so I, I don't, I think rest is good. You know, everyone talks about it. Rest is good. Uh, sometimes you, I think it's, you keep, you stay loose by playing too. So I, it, it's, I think it gives us a chance to teach a little bit more right now and keep guys focused, knowing that they, you know, uh, brains can wander <laughs> with a week off, you know, and you have some more off days in and all that stuff. And, you know, we're playing a familiar p- opponent with, with Northland. So I, it's not like it's, the nice thing is it's not overkill either. As a coaching, st- coaches can sometimes put too much into it, and and you just give them a brain cramp, and then it's just you know you look back and be like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done this, or you know when you when the coaching staff reflects. So I think you know we we know we know Northland. We you know we we can watch their games. We can do the pre scout, but again, and yes, it's playoffs. It means a little bit more, but we, you have to approach it as like. We have, we have home ice advantage. Let's just play our game. It's just another weekend. Don't get into don't get into all the noise. I think we we've had a lot of noise this year, and I think it got into us a little bit too. Uh, I think we had a lot of noise this year in terms of injuries and guys going down, and just a lot of things that just a lot of new. Th- we've had a lot of new experiences this year that I think we can help us in the future. Uh, and uh, can help us, you know, uh, can help us just kind of circle back to neutral and just get our game going again. You mentioned playing at home, and your team has been good at home. You know, you're approaching, you're at nine wins at home ice this year, which if you hit 10, I mean, that hasn't happened in, I think, 11 years since the team has won that many at home. Why, why does your team play so well and feel so comfortable on home ice? I just think the guys take pride in it, you know, when I, I think the, the end of the, you know, you're, another team's coming into your building and, you know, like, this is what you play for. This is what, even when you're on the road, this is what you protect. And, you know, now you have an opponent that's coming to your, to the area where you have, that you must protect. And I, I, you know, and. I think part of it's being comfortable. Guys probably have a better routine on the road and uh, on at home. On the road, the routine can change trip to trip. I mean, some hotels give you to seven. Other hotels want you to shut, you know, condense. Other hotels don't want you there. You got to walk around the mall. You got, like, different meals. It's just, the, you know, the road, uh, it's tough to get into a routine on the road, you know, and we want to make it as... We want to make that better for our guys, but like at home, it's like you know, show up at four forty-five, and whatever you have to do to get prepared, do it. Like yeah. you, you have your own space. If you're a guy that wants to go for a workout, go for a workout. If you're a guy that wants to to sit at home and in a dark room and think, you can do that. You know, you have your space. You have you have all your resources available to you. Because this is where you reside, yep. so I think that part helps. And 
you know, I, I just think the guys, the guys take pride in it. You know, I, they, they want to, they want to put on a good show and, you know, you look at the attendance has gone up a little bit and, you know, we're, you know, teams are coming to our games that didn't necessarily come and, you know, guys are going to other teams games now. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of feel the, the little, the camaraderie kind of happening now naturally again. And I think it's, I just think it's, it's a, it, it, Westman's also a fun place to play. Yeah. So I think you're speaking specifically about the men's basketball team. Well, they bring because the juice. They bring the juice. As, <laughs> bring the as juice. Coach Polkowski says, my guys will be there to bring the juice. And, you know, the last few home games they have, they've, they've been a hoot going from yeah. end to end and following the opposing goalie and everything. And it, it, it'll be forever etched in my mind when Troy York scores the empty netter against River Falls and goes right to the men's basketball yeah. team in the corner to celebrate there really has been kind of a bond developed between those two teams, hasn't there? Yeah, you know, and it, and it's and it's kind of happened a, like a little bit organically. Like they they came to the pack the house or whatever, and you know they they did a great job. And then they were pretty insane. And that then day. they, they came, were then yeah they, they were came pretty to crazy another game. And like you know, yesterday and last night, I'm putting down my boys to go to bed. I get a text from one of our guys like, "Hey, coach, like I know we got practice at five fifteen." Uh, can we find a way to go to the men's basketball game? Because, like, we owe them. And I was like, that's not anything orchestrated between me or Polk or anything like that. It's just happening. And it's like that that text or that conversation I have, we, we've talked about it and wanting that to happen since I took the job and even as an athletic department with well, everything that's, that's we're culture. doing. That's culture, that's right? Culture. right. Yeah. And now, like... That was that's just another kind of spot on the totem pole notch, whatever, on the belt, feather, in the cap, whatever you want to call it. That it's like okay, like like coach, like I know we have practice. Like, is there a way we can get to the men's basketball game? Like, we owe them. And I was like, yeah, like I'll figure, we'll figure it out. Like yeah. we don't like we'll. And I think that's you could take the wins you could take the goals you could take the 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 records at home or whatever right like that's something that in june or july i'll think about like okay like things are happening in the and going in the right direction because that would have never have happened in my first two years never yeah. and like those though that's what makes seasons like this special i mean you like pokes battling for number 1 Right now, yep. right? First time in decades. Yep. You know. Generations. 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 <laughs> generations. I'm sorry. Generations, yeah, exactly. right? And, you know, and the women's basketball team is going for their sixth. And, like, that that stuff, like, it, it's, that's that's special, you know. And, right. and I think, and you know, we, we have a winning season. You know, it's not over yet. We can add to that win total. Right. And we can add hardware to our, we could add a date to our banner and, and all we, you know, we're getting back to our winning, winning ways, and and basketball is, and you know, and you look at, I, I just think that was pretty cool when I got that text last night, and we'll figure out a way to get it done. One of my favorite moments of the year actually was during the three goal outburst you guys had at the end of the second period against Stevens Point, mm-hmm. which was still. Kind of I think my, my voice memory. still hurts from that. Does it? Yeah, I was thinking about you too, but uh, the men's basketball team, I thought, in the building, really energized everybody. 
because when you guys scored that tying goal, they lost their minds down there. I mean, they were jumping yeah. around like crazy Well, that was people. the birth of it where yeah, they, exactly. they, jumped, they all jumped down to ice level at that point and right. decided, yeah, exactly. we're just going to stay here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, it, I mean, just, I mean, when you guys scored the fourth goal, they lost their minds. But then when you scored the fifth, just seconds later. The, and know. I think that's, like, you know, those are the little things that you remember. And, you know, and like, I think they've also kind of, they energize the crowd too. Like again, like you know, there, there's people that have come to our games that have been through it through the thick and thin, and it's been thin. Yeah, you know, it's been pretty thin, and they've been there, and you know, you start to hear the chants a little bit, and it's like, all right, like you, you know, like let's get it going, and like they, you know, the the men's basketball team pr- helped in that, uh, you know, and those those are. That's that could be a legacy that this group can leave. That like okay, like we got it back, you know, and yep. and and you know it's a good product that we have out there, and the, the you know the games are fun. It's a you know and and you know attendance is huge. I mean that that's a home ice advantage. That's a true home ice advantage. Like right. right now we have a home ice advantage. If we if more people come and check it out. Then it truly becomes a home ice advantage, and and you know men's basketball I think really helped kind of have helped me see that like you know people wanting you know if, if you're clearly if you're listening to the podcast or you listen to iFan or, or watch it on iFan and listen to Garves on the radio or whatever like you're a fan. Yeah. Well, if you can be here, be here because look what's going on. If, right. if you're willing to tune in, come to a game. Go to a men's basketball game. Go to a women's basketball game, soccer, whatever. Like, go actually be a fan now because what we're doing here at UWS is pretty special. And, like, you know, we're a small school in northern Wisconsin, and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're, going, we're going to NCAA tournaments. We're ripping out championships. We're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're battling. Like, men's and women's hockey are battling in the WIAC. We're one of the best conferences in Division Three, and we're winning, like, Come check it out. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it could be you can help push every program we have to the next level. Well, it's crazy because, and it doesn't always this way, if you look at the stands now, you will find someone from just about every team at one of your games or at one of the other team's games. I mean, if you if I went down the list, like women's hockey yesterday, I saw athletes from track and field cross country, men's and women's tennis, Men's hockey, obviously, and also there were a couple of basketball players there. That was just for women's hockey last night. Yeah, and on a weekday, on a Tuesday night. Well, the the killer with that is practices. That's because we have yeah, so many like, yeah. teams competing right now. I think it could be got, better. It would be, it, it could would be, be better. better if but we had, right, you know, yeah. you've got softball, but they have practice in there. Track and field, this practice, baseball. tennis, baseball. They're all practicing right, right now, yeah. so it's hard to to get as many teams as you would like to see because they have to obviously take care of themselves like you're going to yeah. be doing tonight. Yeah, but there's going to be, I mean, but the larger point to me is just the fact that you go to these games, you're going to see athletes, if at all possible, from five or six different teams. They're going to show up. You know. Without being told. To yeah, without, like, be, without for the first coach, time you're not yeah. being, we're not being, we're not telling our students anymore or our athletes to go to the game. Right, and it's yeah. like they go there, they sit in there. Like you see kids now, like from when we first started doing it to when to now, like okay, we're gonna go to the game, and they'd sit in their team, they'd all get on their phones, yeah, and it'd be like, okay, like yeah, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Guys? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that, that I was sat awesome. there for did sixty you minutes. See, it was did fun, you yeah. see that? And then like, yeah. 
oh yeah yeah and it's you know you can make up anything and they'd be like yeah okay like, you didn't see anything right so <laughs> right yeah uh but now like teams are integrating a little bit more and they're sitting together more and you know like you're getting you know uh i think the really cool thing too from the from the top down is like you know if i'm i'm not at the mwc every day right but if i'm at the mwc and and uh Veed's there. It's like, hey, what's up, coach? It's like, hey, what's going on, Veed? Hey, congratulations on a thousand points. And you know, it's just, I don't know him. He doesn't know me, but we're comfortable saying hello to each other, and we know just just a little bit to have a little bit more than a surface level conversation. Right, right. And you, you know, you, you obviously naturally we know the women's hockey team a little bit better than than other teams because we're at this rank together. But like, you know, th- we can all talk to each other. My guys talk to Dano. You know, right. girl, the girls talk to me and like they'll ask questions or whatever, and like you know, it's that I think that's really cool. And like, you know, we kind of go through and you know, as you walk around the M Dub, like you'll see, you know, you'll see people that you know, and you might not even know their name. You know, they're an athlete. Like, there's so many like good kids around here. You can't. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not great with names anyway. So, uh, but it's like, hey, what's up, coach? It's like, hey, what's going on? Like, when's your next meet? If it's a track, if it's a track and field kid or whatever, like, he j- like that was not happening my first two years. You know, third year got this year. It's you know, and now we can build, and like, I think everybody's now like winning a little bit more, and, and winning helps a lot. And you know, I think there's a there's a vibe amongst coach to coach. You know, Bursic to coach. Uh, Bursic to the team, team to team, you know, other coaches to your team, you to other teams, to, to other teams. And so it's it's been a pretty cool uh, – it's been a pretty cool growth that I've seen over the time here. You made a reference when you first started talking here today about during the regular season you've been toward down the stretch, you've, you've learned, your team has learned what they are, who they are. Who are they? What are they? Well, I, you know, when we play consistent, that's the biggest thing is consistency. When we are playing our game, we're gritty. We have grit. We have bite. You want to bang, we'll bang. You want to skate, we can skate. You want to you get into a track meet, we'll slow you down, and we'll outskate you that way. Like, our team is kind of built, we're deep. Uh, you know, everybody on our team has a point. You know, we've scored 86 goals. Uh, you know, we, we can score. We can defend. Like, like there's, I wouldn't say there's one thing in particular <coughs> where, where that, like, makes us who we are because at the end, at the end of the day, we're not a one-line team. We're not a two-line team. We're a four-line team. We, we've won games with guys that, haven't played so many games that would play on a lot of other teams would be in the middle six at least. Like so, we're a deep team. I and I, but I would say the biggest thing what we are is we're like we're we have grit, we have bite, and I think that we have to get when we're playing to that. That's when. That's when we kind of look at our opponent in the eye and just be like, it's not just not going to be your night tonight, and it, we we're beating them. On the scoreboard, we're beating them mentally. We're beating them on the ice. We're we're just we're just beating you. But with that in mind, from for you from a coaching standpoint, then has it been an easier year, coaching wise, teaching wise for you, because of the way your team plays and the kind of players that you have, 
or has it been equally as challenging but in a different sort of way? I <clears throat> Coaching's hard. It, no matter how you cut it, coaching's hard. Like, I... I get frustrated with Declan's mini mic team, mic ones. I'm just like, <laughs> so coaching's hard. Like, if you truly care, coaching's hard. The one thing I'll say that's different from the previous years, the experiences I've had to deal with this year or the situations I've had to deal with this year, I haven't had to deal with in the past because we haven't won. We've won some games. Maybe we'd squeak out a win or whatever. But it was building, 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 building. This year we, we've won games and it's like, okay, we can't get ahead. We can't get ahead. And, you know, you have to – it was just a different experience. I think we've, you know, we've where we started in the first three years to where we are now, this is like that middle part. And then to get to like that high-performance team – you know, we still have another step, and I think the guy, it's clear to the guys what that is, and it, it, it's clear to the guys on how to get there. But uh, it's been a challenging year, like because there's care. You know, when you, you, like we talked about going into last weekend, like uh, culture in Latin translates to cultus. Cultus in Latin means care. So the the biggest thing now is, or one of the bigger challenges we've had now is we've had care, and because of that, the losses have hurt more, and the wins have felt really good, but sometimes the win, losing sometimes hurts more than how good winning feels, and it's you finding that balance and teaching those guys that balance and, and all that stuff too. So it's been, it's been the same. Because you just pour your heart and soul into it if you truly care as a coach and you care for your players. It's been different experience. I haven't dealt with this experience in three years here. So it's, which nice is that means it's a new challenge. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's been a, it's, it's been just as challenging, if not more, because expectations rise too when you win. So, and it's keeping that balance like it's just a game. It's just another day. Let's just win today. Like so, it's it, it's been different. I would say. Sounds like just a positive progression to me. I mean, if you break, get right down to it, and I'm I'm one of those people like the teams that I am fans of. Not necessarily professional because I don't really I'm not really a pro sports guy, but when I look at like Division One programs that I follow and that I support, I'm always looking for progression, trajectory. Where are you going? Can you see progress being made? And that's what I see with your program, yeah. is progress being made. And if there's progress being made, it doesn't bother me as much if the team loses, as long as the progression continues. Yep. It's when you start losing, you're going, okay, now we backslid. Well, that's not what we want. Backsliding is not where we're trying to go. We're trying to go this way, not that way. You know, up and, versus down. And I can thank Garves for that. He's had many therapeutic sessions with me <laughs> around I don't know what eleven thirty at my office and just being like, "Guys, I don't know." And it's like, "Hey, you know, first few years, it's like, listen, we're we're playing harder. It's good." And then the next year, it was, you know, you're making a better you, quality you, of mistake. You, you, yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, well, no. and, and just like, okay, like you know, we can you can see it though. Like you could see there's something right. And then you know, last year it was like, hey, like you know, a couple players away. And then it's this year, it's like you know, like hey, like. 
look at where you started to where you are now. Like it, it's got, always gotten better, right? Like, yeah. like just so Garf's is, yeah, Garf's. Yeah, I mean he's he's good for that. I think he's Doctor Doctor Garf. Yeah, sometimes. I think and, uh, you know, and that goes for everybody. You yeah. know, even uh, you know Nick Bursick's been great. Like just you know Nick has a has a great way about him on just being you know very humble, right? And and you know, being like the best hockey's still ahead of you. Like, it, like great job doesn't matter. Like, you know, you're right. ranked this year. Like, good job getting ranked, but there's still a lot more hockey ahead of you. And right. you know, there's people here. You know, you Mooney and Polk, and uh, you, you could go through everybody. Frank, and you go through everybody, right? And uh, you, everyone's there for you. But you know, there's been good. There's been positive progression, like you've said, and you know there has been some slides. There has been some regression, but it's how yeah. you respond to that. We've gotten out of it quicker. I get, I would yeah. say this year, or in those slides, the, the product has been better. Uh, so it's you know you just gotta gotta keep building, and you know it, it always really only one team does it right <laughs> at the end of the year, and that's really what it comes down to. Women's soccer coach Allison Negrote, who we had on earlier, she also brought that up. That progression isn't always linear, right? I and mean, it, it, you know, it, it's not linear. Yeah, because you know, it's a combination of you know, small steps forward, maybe a small backslide here or there, but it's the overall trajectory is what you're trying to keep yeah, going and, forward. Yeah, and That's you have what a plan, and, you know. And uh, listen, there's been many times where I've gone into the locker room, and been like, guys, I'm tired of finding the positives. I don't want to find a positive. I just want to be like, we won. Like, yeah, I'm done with you know and. That's part of it so, too, right? Sometimes I mean, that resets it, right? And like yeah. you, you do it for a little bit, but then eventually you draw the line, and right. it's like, yeah. uh, like I'm, I'm not going to find the positive of this game either. Either you win, or I'm going to skate you, or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but that's also part of the progression. And you just get it going, right? <laughs> Where you don't have to sit with them and necessarily cajole them and say, "Yeah, Look, guys, yeah. it's fine." Sometimes it's not going to be fine, and that's okay too. You, you know, know it's just, look, we let one get away tonight. It wasn't good enough. End of story. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's respond, and next time we're together, and we go. Let's yep. move forward. We got to move forward from there. Then. Yep. I mean, so, the, that's part of the progress, though. Too. That's that's my yeah, point. That's that, learning. Yeah. That's learning. That's the ups and downs of the season, and and that's the that that's growing. That's maturing in a program. That's and that goes from the coach all the way down. Like you, like we mature a little bit every year. You know, and and there's things you can look back on, and you know it. it What's nice about this year, though, is like you know, in the, my first couple of years, we've always looked back upon the '90s and early 2000s, and like with what we're doing now, I think next year will be the first year I could be like look at last year, and we can kind of look back and reflect as a group. Then, because there's, there's there's there is that we took a jump this year. There's been major progression this year, and. We can look back, whereas in my last couple of years, it's been like clean slate. Like, don't, like, we did some good things, we did some bad things, but it's clean slate. Let's just, these are our goals or whatever. We can, I think we can build, we have a year now where we can build too. So that's exciting also. The progression takes us into the playoffs Friday and Saturday night, Westman Arena. We'll have those live on 91.3 KUWS pregame show 640. Coach, looking forward to playoff hockey. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more of the Eye of the Swarm right after this.
For over 85 years, the dollars deposited at National Bank of Commerce have been reinvested into the community, sparking bold ideas and igniting big dreams. Our customers have helped transform the region. And if we've come this far already, just imagine what's next. National Bank of Commerce, we make more possible. We're back, final segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm, and uh, winter sports season's winding down a little bit. Men's hockey heads into playoffs, final week of the regular season for the two hoops teams and women's hockey. And Big games coming up, though. Big games coming up across the board. Let's talk about it. Okay. So, especially for me. <laughs> yeah, you've, yeah. Got some, you've got some sizable ones. Yeah, I do. Uh, starting with tonight, as this is being recorded on a Wednesday, that's uh, when it starts this week for the Yellow Jacket. Men's and women's basketball teams, huge ball games, especially for the men. They'll be taking on Northwestern for the second time here in the 2019-20 campaign. 5.30 p.m., things will get underway between the Yellow Jackets and the Eagles. That'll be an interesting ball game, to say the least. The Eagles are on an 11-game winning streak currently. They're at 17-6. and six. Overall, Jackets are at 16-7, and seven, so exactly a game back overall, and both are 13-1 and one in the league. And so. it's the game where Northwestern beat them. That's the... Yep, that's, that's it. The swing game, right? That's there. the swing game right there. So that'll be a good one. Women's basketball also will be doing the same thing. They'll be taking on Northwestern, although that's a different scenario. That scenario is the Yellow Jacket women are also tied for first, but with Bethany Lutheran and Northwestern is a game back. On the men's side, it's Bethany Lutheran that is the game back of the Yellow Jackets in Northwestern. So And I'd have to go back and read, but I believe if the men win, they, they clinch a share of the conference yep, championship. Correct. Correct. The women Still would not, I don't no, think. No, they don't. They would have to. It depends on like, who Bethany is playing tonight as well. Right. It would depend on if, how Bethany does. If they lost and, and the Jackets won, they then played, they would clinch a And they're playing Crown. If they're I not going to lose. Right. <laughs> they shouldn't lose to Crown. So I think the for the women's side, that's going to go all the way to, to, the, to the final day. To Saturday. Yeah, and that brings us into game number two of the week for both those teams. At Bethany Lutheran, that'll be a 3 p.m. for the men and a 4.45 for the women. I'll be on with the pregame starting about, um, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes ahead of time for the men's game probably, depending on how much I uh, mean in Coach Polk Babble in the pregame interview. Um, that'll be when we get on the air for that one. So a couple of huge games, and then, of course, the playoff pairings will be announced on UWSYellowJackets.com, so follow along there following the end of the regular season. Both teams kind of in the driver's seat. Yeah, I mean, both teams, I would think at this point, if they win the night, both teams are probably going to be home for at least one playoff game. Yep. So, you know, and conversely, if they they drop these games, they won't be at home at all. Yeah, exactly. You know, they'll be on the road, which is crazy. Right, crazy to think. the success they've had this year, but it's a very real possibility that they're going to be on the road. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Men's and women's track and fields off this weekend. Rust All up except for, for C.J. Pellith. Where's he at? He's going to be competing at Minnesota State Mankato on Friday. Okay. He is the one competitor that is traveling down there. Okay. It's uh, an opportunity for him. He's ranked third in the country, and the throwers that are ranked one and two are at that meet. Okay. So Coach Drexler is going to bring him down there and see how he stacks up with the, the top throwers in the nation. Okay. Well, that's uh, that'll be a good experience for him. We know that he can uh, definitely uh, compete with the D2 guys. We'll see how he does yep. against uh, the, the true heavyweights yep. in throwing down there. So good luck to him. Uh, men's and women's tennis is actually at home this week, but it's an exhibition match against Iowa Central. Is Iowa Central, Are they? What, what's their story? Are they? I'm not entirely sure. Okay. I, I don't know anything about them, and I'll be honest, I haven't done any research on them whatsoever. Okay. I just I know it's an exhibition. For some reason, I think they might be a junior college. That's what I was guessing. And it's just an exhibition, but it is National Tennis Day. 
So appropriate that we are playing. All right. Yeah, well, there you have it. Sunday exhibition. The men will start it off at 10 a.m., and the women will be at 1 p.m. Both those matches will be played at Lydia Thiering Fieldhouse. So if you feel like watching the Yellow Jacket tennis teams, maybe go out and watch uh, Michael James play a little bit if you get the right. chance. Yeah. Uh, head up there at 10 a.m. on uh, Sunday and see check it out. Coach Schaffner and the company will be certainly happy to see you if you do. No doubt. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Women's tennis is off, or excuse me, women's softball is off. But they played four games, so that's okay. They're not playing again until the following week. But baseball gets their season underway. <laughs> Heading to U.S. Bank. Yeah, and a random doubleheader against Carroll College. I'll come up uh, this coming Tuesday, February 25th, at U.S. Bank Stadium, 3 and 6 p.m., the doubleheader against Carroll College. And then they're off until March. So Yeah, they've got a couple more non-conference games before they head to Florida. Yeah, and then they, that's the big Grinnell. trip, of course, for yep. both, yeah. Women's hockey, by the way, done with their regular season home schedule. They have two more regular season games to go, both on the road at Northland College, Friday and Saturday. 7 p.m., the opening faceoff against the Lumberjills at the Bay Area Civic Center on Friday, and then a 4 p.m. opening faceoff against the Lumberjills on Saturday. Both those games again in Ashland. and then uh, Those be, don't count for any – or they, they count for standings, but they – there's it doesn't change yeah, anything, doesn't change for, either anything team. for either team. Yeah, the Yellow Jackets are locked into the number three seed there, so they know they're going to be going to either River Falls or Eau Claire. Ooh, they, they play each other this weekend twice. Ooh, um, that would be an interesting. But matchup. Eau Claire has opened up a three-point lead okay. in the standings on the women's side, so River Falls does need a sweep in regulation to ensure that they would uh, be the number one seed. So in all likelihood, it looks like the Yellow Jackets will be going to River Falls in the first round next weekend. Okay, so there you have that. And then the, last but not least, men's hockey opening up their run in the Wyatt Conference Tournament, taking on the number 6 seed Northland College in the opening round of the Wyatt Conference Tournament. 7 p.m. face-offs on Friday and Saturday in a two-game set. And the uh, pregame will get underway with Mr. Garber across the way from me. 6.40 p- uh, pregame each night, p.m. And uh, so Saturday we'll have another triple header, although I'll be on the road. Mm-hmm. We haven't had too many home triple headers this year. No, it's been a little weird. One, yeah, just the one, just one last week. Yeah, we had a, <laughs> we did have a triple header on Sunday this year too, which we'd never had before. We never had that before either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so it's been a little bit of a different year. But uh, that's what's coming up for the Yellow Jackets uh, as far as on the sports schedule for the week. So if you get a chance to come out and watch the teams play, especially the basketball and the hockey, do it. Just like Coach McKenna said. Yep. You know, there's uh, no time like the present. You got four teams that are all good. Yep. Four teams that are all above 500. I don't think we've ever had all four of these sports teams above 500 in the same season. Yep. And they're all going like to finish that way right at now. least. And they're yep. all going to finish that way. They're all going to finish in, at minimum, the top three in their conference. Yep. It's been kind of a historic year that way. Yep, it has. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, it all culminates here in the next week or so. So we'll look forward to reporting back, and hopefully we're talking about uh, conference champions and moving on to semifinals and playoff action and all that kind of stuff when we reconvene next week. Correct. Our engineer today was Elliot Sweary. He's the Big Sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garver. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's edition of Eye of the Swarm, sponsored by Superior Beverages. We'll be right back.